Sparkin' Conversations, a podcast for electricians, hosted by an electrician. The Electrical Association is committed to keeping electricians in the know about the latest developments in the industry. Experts will be on to help answer the tough questions, talk shop, and give tips to help make your jobs work. Greetings, podcast listeners. I'm Mike Miller with the Electrical Association. I would like to welcome you to another Sparkin' Conversations, where we provide fact-filled conversation that keeps the electrical workers and our tremendous support network on top of all that's going on in the electrical world and how it affects us. I would like to thank Federated Insurance for their continued support of the Electrical Association and this podcast. Today, our guest is Katie Jones. She is a community program and policy manager for the Center for Energy and Environment in Minneapolis. Welcome to our podcast, Katie. Please share with our listeners, if you would, a bit about yourself and your affiliation with CEE. Hi, Mike, and hi to all of your listeners. I'm excited to be here and to speak about exciting new developments around energy efficiency and building electrification, which we define as the removal of fossil fuel combustion in buildings and the powering of buildings with electricity. At CEE, I get to work with communities on realizing their energy and climate vision. More and more, that means establishing policies and incentives to encourage energy efficiency, to provide transparency in how buildings are performing, sort of like using a car MPG rating for buildings, and to drive more buildings to be fully powered with clean energy, like electricity that is generated from renewable energy. That sounds like enough to keep you pretty busy, Katie. Uh, welcome to our show. Well, the first thing I'd like to just visit is is the a brighter spot on the horizon, financially speaking, and that's the Inflation Reduction Act. Katie, please tell us more about that Inflation Reduction Act and how it works and how it's going to affect us as electrical workers, potentially. Yes, the Inflation Reduction Act, also called the IRA, is super exciting. It's a historic piece of legislation designed to tackle many issues, including inflation, the deficit, climate change, infrastructure, healthcare, and technology. A stated goal is to reduce carbon emissions nationwide by 40% by 2030. There are a few headline pieces around allowing Medicare to negotiate uh, prices with drug companies, funding the ARS, and improving taxpayer compliance. But the big winner and of most interest to your listeners are the climate and energy provisions. Of the roughly $500 billion in federal investment that will take place over the next 10 years, nearly 80% will go towards clean energy. The funds will be delivered through a mix of tax incentives, grants, and loan guarantees to consumers, corporations, and state and local governments for clean electricity and transmission, building equipment, and clean transportation investments, including EVs. Tax credits became available on January 1st of this year, while other grant and loan program details are going to be figured out over the next year or so between DOE and state governments. Wow. (laughs) That's all I can say at this point, Katie. That's a mouthful, but I tell you, that is exciting. You know, we really are blessed with an administration that can kind of look forward and and kind of help us in that respect, because I think in the past, they haven't made reasonably good efforts, but, you know, to see such dramatic results, even by 2040, that's, that's a a great target to shoot for. Well, you know, recently I read a, a published 
statement in the stand, from Stanford University that indicated the Biden administration has signed into law in August this act. And, and you know, it's really interesting and kind of off the, the path of our script. For example, I'd just like to quiz you as to, you know, when you think about um, all the investments we're making. And, and, and of course, there's a little political fervor going on where we're seeing a little bit of uh, nudging others saying it's not going to work. But you know, when we consider all the ramifications of this bill, if even a majority of it works, we are going to be so far ahead. I guess the question I would just ask you at this time, how will the CEE of Minnesota help achieve the IRA's goal of 40% carbon reduction by 2040? Great question. CEE's main focus is to ensure Minnesota maximizes the energy efficiency benefits from the IRA, and that's in that includes the electrification benefits as well. As I mentioned, states are going to be a key part of how this act is delivered. The Federal Department of Energy, also known as DOE, will set rules and the states will establish grant and loan programs. This means Minnesota will need a well-staffed Department of Commerce ready to be able to implement those programs and policies. It's because the State Department of Commerce is who that, that money flows through. And that also involves updating our energy code to allow us to be able to maximize and tap into those funds. Additionally, let's not forget about the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed earlier last year. It's a big piece of legislation from 2021 with critical funding for grid upgrades. The state needs to provide matching funding in order to bring this federal money home. So CEE is advocating right now at the state level to make sure the state is ready to act on all of those fronts. There will also be competitive federal grants for cities, communities, and organizations around innovative clean energy and resilience projects that we want Minnesota communities to be ready for, and we will be working to get the word out about those. Lastly, we want everyday consumers to be informed not only about the available IRA incentives, but on the technologies that will work best in our cold climate. This is why we're working with partners to develop comprehensive educational initiatives to help residents take advantage of the IRA incentives. Katie, I talk to a lot of electricians every week about electric vehicles because that's some of our curriculum. But one of the things that always comes up, would you own an electric vehicle? And, you know, we get some kind of strange looks and maybe some, I don't think I would. And I don't know. I think they'd be all right. Here's my question to you. I know it's coming by 2030. It's probably going to be here in, in big amounts. Tell us a little bit more about the incentives. Yeah, absolutely. One of the big exciting th things from the IRA are the tax credits for electric vehicles and the the infrastructure that can come along with them. So first and foremost, a new electric vehicle can get an, a tax credit of up to $7,500. A used electric vehicle can get a tax credit of $4,000. And to put that charging capability into your home, so say you want to move up from just a regular old plug to a level two charger, that um, can get a tax credit of up to $1,000. So these are really critical things to help essentially bridge that gap between the cost of a, a normal vehicle that is gasoline or diesel powered and an EV can really bridge that gap. And I'll also say that's just the upfront cost. And so bridging that gap is really important. But on the other end, the operating end, it is already today cheaper to power your vehicle with electricity than it is with diesel or gasoline. And the other benefit to that is that we know that electricity has, has, has more constant and stable rates. And those rates are regulated at the state level. There's a lot of conversation and discussion that goes on uh, with regards to how those change over time. With gasoline and diesel, those 
those fluctuate very much with the market. So there's a lot of benefit um, to taking a look at electric vehicles. Boy, you really gave us the answer we were looking for. It's one of those that would really, we'd be hard pressed to turn our backs on. So thanks for that great information. That uh, certainly makes sense. And I, I believe that incentive in some rights may be the turning point for people. And I think it's just a matter of time when all the sportiness, the utility value of the vehicle isn't going to hinge so much on its fuel source. And thanks for clearing that up. That, that was a great answer. I, I couldn't have thought of a better one to come along with because unfortunately, in some cases, money talks and this is where we're at. Well, let's move on to our next question, Katie. Can you share with our listeners any of the intricate plans of how this act will affect our taxes? And let's focus on taxes specifically. Of course, anytime the government spend money, the a lot of people believe that's attacking my tax. It's going to cost me. Tell us a little bit about that and your thoughts. Yes. So like I said, one aim of the act is to lower the deficit by over $200 billion over the next 10 years. And it does so by raising revenue, by raising the minimum tax on large corporations to 15% and imposing a 1% excise tax on stock buybacks, as well as having better enforcement of the IRS tax collection. So for your average everyday Minnesotan, they're not going to see that at all. Much of what Minnesotans will see is the tax credit opportunities for EV chargers, like I mentioned, up to $1,000, panel upgrades up to $600. So, you know, for a, for someone who's putting in a heat pump water heater or a heat pump, air source heat pump for their, your, their home heating, upgrading that panel will be important and that $600 will be very important for that. Um, as well as, you know, having tax credits for qualifying home energy efficiency improvements like those heat pumps up to up to $4,000. So uh, not only that, but there are also tax credits for battery storage, geothermal heating, solar rooftop installations. Um, those can qualify to, for a tax credit up to 30% of the cost of a project. So everyday Minnesotans are really gonna see tremendous opportunity with this bill. Boy, I guess, you know, uh, you talk about the trickle-down effect to the electrical world. My goodness, everything you mentioned just now in that last statement certainly totally involves electricians. And that's that's why I think uh, one would celebrate such a, an event. It, it, sometimes a little uh, for the average person on the street looking at the news, they look at this and say, now, wait a minute, Inflation Reduction Act, and yet you're spending $20 billion to reduce inflation. It makes it sound like, well, how can you do that? Spend money and now everyone's got more money and now inflation rises. But certainly, I think if you really look at the intricate detail you've laid out for us today, it certainly makes a lot of sense. Katie, will you will you be or the CEE be the go to resource for public in any respect relating to the induction or inflation reduction act? Yes. So for decades, CEE has strived to be a resource to, for residents and business owners on specifically on energy efficiency. And the IRA is only supercharging that with critical financial incentives. We know from years in the industry that money is just one part of the equation. Residents also need to feel confident in the technology that they're installing and with the contractors they're employing for projects. That's why we've partnered with cities, uh, the cities of Minneapolis, St. Louis Park, Edina, and Eden Prairie to launch a new initiative we're calling Electrify Everything Minnesota. 
When you search for www.electrifyeverythingmn.org, residents can learn the steps to electrify their homes, learn what questions to ask contractors, gain access to lists of contractors doing that work, which we're continuing to build, and residents will find financial resources from the utilities along with the IRA incentives. Well, based on those comments, Katie, you're going to be very busy in the years to come. I'm, I'm welcoming an organization that has the wherewithal, the experience and the knowledge of what's coming up and how to deal with it, because I think this is going to be big. I really do. So let's move on to our next question, Katie. And that's when you think about jobs becoming available. What kind of numbers are you looking at for this state? And also, are these skilled labor positions such as electricians, engineers or even apprentices? Yes. I mean, if you know anyone who's looking for a job, the clean energy industry has a place. <laughs> uh, we, we actually recently completed a study to examine what it would take to fully weatherize and electrify all 88,000 one to four unit homes in Minneapolis in order to meet their climate goals. And just for this one city in, you know, in Minnesota, it would require over 200 electricians, 300 installation or insulation technicians, 200 HVAC uh, contractors, an additional 200 support staff. So that doesn't even touch on all the skilled trade staff and engineers needed for commercial industrial systems. That's just residential. So overall, this body of work is enormous and the jobs are well-paying, but Minnesota doesn't yet have the workforce to provide it. So CEE has been in partnership with the utilities, a few cities, counties, and community-based organizations to, to lay some of the groundwork on some energy audit and, and insulation workforce training programs. I know the city of Minneapolis is working with the public schools to introduce careers to students at an earlier age around clean energy, solar, and getting some of those early credentials. And also St. Paul Public Schools and St. Paul College are similarly conducting uh, coordinating on providing clean energy career pathways. Boy, that's so good. Uh, one thing too, just to kind of echo your sentiment on the same concept, the Electrical Association has been really gaining in our apprenticeship program. I think we've over reached the 530 mark, which is pretty much a record, and it certainly speaks well for our organization, and, and not just ours, but just certainly identifying a very obvious trend that the apprenticeship program is picking up speed and it's going to be. And you know, like you mentioned, this isn't something that's gonna be a two or five year deal. It's it's your your goal is 2030 and beyond. And you know, that's just to me, that's, that's job security without even batting an eye because there's money behind it and that makes a difference. 100%. So the next thing, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say 100%. Yeah, this is a huge area for, for opportunity for anyone who's looking, uh, looking for a job. Clean energy is where it's at. Well, we, we appreciate your efforts for sure. So does the CEE work with the electrical contractors and consumers to direct them to certain products or to ensure their efforts are met in achieving certain performance standards? And I'm referring to products such as solar voltaic systems, heat pumps, or other major end items using or producing electrical energy. Short answer is yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, and I'm happy to go into more detail on that. So besides loan programs to residents and businesses on solar, our main focus is really on energy efficiency. And so that includes uh, electrification. So two notable areas in this are the Minnesota Air Source Heat Pump Collaborative, which is a collaborative of, of utilities that, uh, that we've been organizing to really kind of fill that mid or upstream gap when it comes 
comes to aerosource heat pump technologies. So helping to train contractors in these technologies with best practices, as well as, you know, providing case studies and things like that. So we're, we plan to expand that a bit to heat pump water heaters and do training on that. And beyond that, the second notable area is code implementation. So we support a program for code officials to maximize or optimize their the implementation of code in new construction. And so, you know, that's a really important piece to make sure that new buildings are built, that we're getting them right the first time and, and things like that. So we're actually, uh, we've just submitted a concept paper for a federal grant um, with the Department of Labor and Industry here in Minnesota to make sure that we can continue to offer those types of resources and expand that even more as the code gets more strict and we want more energy efficient buildings, that's going to be really important that, uh, you know, the folks working in the field have that, have that knowledge, have that expertise to carry it out on the ground. All right. Well, Katie, you've given our listeners a ray of hope we're looking for to achieve a number of goals when it comes to employment, environment protection, and affordable energy. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to share this insight with our future of energy. Uh, Are there any closing comments that you'd like to share with our listeners? I just can't say enough that Minnesota is is so lucky to have an organization like yours, um, as well as just be at this this critical time of these financial inv- investments. You know, Minnesota has been a pragmatic, forward-looking state when it comes to energy, and the IRA and the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, for that matter, is only going to accelerate what we're able to accomplish. I hope listeners will help us push to maximize the funding that comes to Minnesota through the energy code updates and that match funding that is needed for grid updates as well. You know, and I hope electricians will consider taking on apprentices as needed to scale up our workforce training, sort of as you alluded to. And I hope companies will promote these awesome IRA incentives to their customers. Lastly, I hope folks will take a look at the project opportunities in their own homes and talk about with their family and friends the exciting clean energy projects they're undertaking. Nothing will be more impactful in helping Minnesota take advantage of the IRA than our own personal experiences. So thank you so much for letting CEE uh, share our excitement around the IRA, and I'm really excited to see how this continues. Katie, one more thing before we let you go. I'd like you to share with our listeners today, if you could, any means whereby they could get in touch and find out more information about CEE and all the things we've talked about today. Yes. So our website is the first stop, um, M as in mother, N as in Nancy, C as in cat, E as in elephant, E as in elephant.org. So mncee.org is our website. And um, like I mentioned, we work on all things energy efficiency. So whether you work on residential buildings, commercial, industrial, you know, we touch it all. And so going on those respective pages are the best way to, to make sure we're getting you connected to the right people. Well, all righty. I would like to thank our guest, Katie Jones of the Center for Energy and Environment in Minneapolis for being here and Federated Insurance for their continued support of our podcast presentations. And most importantly, thank you, our listeners. Also, a big thank you to Katie Grams, our executive producer, for a great job behind the scenes. I'm Mike Miller, your host. It's been my pleasure to join you today. Be sure to tune in again to and your podcast source for another Sparkin' Conversations. Sparkin' Conversations is a production of the Electrical Association. For more information, visit www.electricalassociation.com. Sparkin' Conversations.